Hey, and welcome to The Rod Kirby Show, the podcast that covers the ever-expanding world of film and entertainment. Today, my special guests are Ryan Watt and Matteo Cervante. Ryan is a former executive director of Indie Memphis, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the development of the Memphis film community. He's also a former producer at the Paper Moon Films production company. Matteo is an award-winning filmmaker known for projects such as We Go On, La Serena, and various other films. Not only have the pair worked together on movies, but recently they decided to partner on an even bigger project, an authentic Italian gelato shop called Zio Mato Gelato. Join us as we discuss their journey from filmmakers to entrepreneurs on today's episode of The Rod Kirby Show. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Rod Kirby Show. I am your host, Rod Kirby, filmmaker extraordinaire or something like that. Uh, today I've got really, uh, really, two really cool and awesome people on the show today, Mr. Ryan Watt and Mr. Matteo Cervante. Now, Ryan is the former executive director of Indie Memphis, as well as a producer, a former producer at Paper Moon Films. And then Mr. Matteo, you all know him as the, he is actually the filmmaker extraordinaire, uh, cinematographer, director, and writer himself. So uh, got those guys on the show today. And let's go ahead and bring up Mr. Ryan. Hello there, sir. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Ryan, you've had quite a journey uh, from going from filmmaker and producer uh, now to entrepreneur with uh, a new new business that you, you launched uh, about six months ago, right? Yeah. Uh, I know when you bring Mateo in, he, he kicked it off. And uh, once I saw what he was up to, I, I, I joined on with him and became his business partner. Well, let's bring Mateo up. Yeah. <laughs> Mateo, hello there, sir. How are you? I am great, Rod. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being on the show, man. So look, you guys put your collective minds together. First of all, you're at the core of each of you is film. Am I right? So you both are filmmakers, but now you are joining in this new venture. Uh, you have a gelato company called Zio Mato Gelato. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and when that idea was born. It's uh, it's been a journey. Uh, the fact that you know we we partnered on it became you know almost like full circle you know of Ryan and my connection. But uh, the original seed was planted because you know I've always had like a passion for Italian food and shared with mm -hmm. friends and I like to make you know pasta and pizza for them and all handmade. So handmade is kind of my my brand. And, oh, nice. And. The, I was looking for something to try to import here uh, to the States and I, mm -hmm. I partnered with this gelato maker in Italy who makes gelato kind of the old fashioned way and mixes it all by hand. So I said, that's my thing. Hmm. I tried to import it here mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, the pandemic happened. So all the thoughts that I had, you know, before kind of went out of the window, but it kind of opened, you know, another door for, uh, the partnership with Ryan and yeah. also for the business model being what it has become in the last few months. Hmm. So where did you two uh, meet Ryan? Uh, when did you meet Mr. Mateo? Um, so when I was producing films, um, I met Mateo. He had been, he had moved here a couple years prior uh, to make a, a feature film called the romance of loneliness. And mm -hmm. um, I had just gotten into producing and, um, uh, met him as I was producing my first couple features and then 
Um, we were able to make that movie in, I think it was 2009. No, is that right, Mateo? Yeah, about, mm -hmm. Whatever year the floods happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, all of downtown was flooding while we were filming. Right. So, uh, it freaked out a lot of the actors and people <laughs> traveled in. They're like, I don't know if this house is going to go underwater. But uh, so, yeah, we got to work together um, in that capacity and then have stayed, you know, friends and colleagues throughout the years um, through film. And then my time with Indie Memphis, obviously um, working with Mateo because we'd be showing a lot of the films that, that he's been creating over the years. Uh, right. So he mentioned a few years ago his interest in starting a gelato shop. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, as he said, kind of during the pandemic, I, I went by his place and he, he gave me a taste of uh, chocolate and pistachio, which would already be two of the flavors I'd be ordering anyway. And when I had it, I was like, nice. okay. I was like, this is <laughs> something I've had uh, near Memphis before. This is something totally uh, authentic. And um, so... I was sold. <laughs> yeah, the partner. That's awesome. Uh, so, Mateo, with the Gelato Company, um, I know you see this as a full time thing. I know you're working a full time, and this is your your vision. Um, are you still making room for film? You're not. You know, I know you're not ditching film, of course. I mean, right. When when the bug bites you, you you know you're bit. You never leave it, right? Um, but yeah. How are you? How are you balancing you know entrepreneurship with you know being a filmmaker? Uh, well, it's a, it's a tricky balance, of course. In a way, the fact that the pandemic happened and kind mm -hmm. of made film work very, very sparse, and so it didn't really right. happen. So I had really time to focus on this. And when I started just with the idea of uh, starting a, long, uh, a small business, I knew and everybody was warning me, you know, just for a while, just get in the mindset that this is going to have to become your focus, mm -hmm. uh, if it's not the sole focus, but... The good thing about um, the way I like to work is that I like to find partners, and so mm -hmm. that makes it possible. I mean, I have, um, you know, a couple of projects that I've worked throughout the last year with another team of people, Joseph Carr and Molly Wexler, and so it's like I like to work with people that can help with the workload, definitely right. on this uh, enterprise of the gelato thing, uh, having Ryan on board makes the whole difference uh, just because I realize right now as we try to get a little bit bigger, not only do I not have the, uh, the competence in certain field that Ryan brings to the table, but also even if I did, I wouldn't have the time to practically put it all together. It's amazing how much goes into a business that, you know, we're managing, uh, thinking that it's a small business, but especially right. in the beginning, it's amazing. And I'm hoping that eventually it will kind of <laughs> become a little less, mm -hmm. but there, there'll be more. Hopefully there will be more of other things. Right. And I'm, I'm sure, well, I know uh, for a fact that, you know, entrepreneurship um, and filmmaking is, they're two different skill sets, but they still kind of utilize the same um, tact and resources. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have to do everything yourself, especially when Pretty you're an much. indie filmmaker. Um, Ryan, coming from Indie Memphis, uh, how did your experience there kind of help you transition into the entrepreneurial lifestyle that you're living now? Yeah, and for me, it's even the opposite. I, I started as an entrepreneur, so it was really mm -hmm. sort of how the entrepreneur bug and mindset helped me when I jumped into filmmaking. Uh, so mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, 15 plus years ago now, I had a, a technology company, which is a, a, an offsite data backup company before the cloud was a thing. Mm. Uh, so uh, we were set up in the Emerge Memphis building downtown and we would have um, small businesses, law, law offices, doctor offices, people like that, that we would have software that would encrypt all of their server data and then upload it every night. And, uh, I, and I jumped into that basically straight out of college while waiting tables to really help pay the bills. And mm-hmm. um, so when I got involved in producing, I did not have the, I mean, I didn't like go to film or communication school. I, I didn't come from sort of the artist background. Um, so I think it was helpful because I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I started yeah. doing things, whatever felt right. <laughs> <And> it <laughs> made a million mistakes and learned from them. Um, right. But um, anyway, so I think there's a definite, I mean, producing is entrepreneurial. Um, but then when I got to Indie Memphis, same thing, because I also had not come up working in nonprofits. So I didn't have a preconceived idea of, oh, this is how you're supposed to do things. And mm-hmm. I, I very much treated Indie Memphis like a business, uh, right. you know, because in the end there's, there's you know, the revenue and the expenses and you need more revenue than expenses. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, if, if you just base it on that. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know also just the salesmanship, the raising money, sponsorships, grants. Um, so all of that stuff translates right back into this business. It's kind of like Mateo was saying, full circle. It's kind of hopefully taking what I've learned in these various uh, previous businesses and projects and and uh, organizations, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully making slightly less ex- mistakes. Time <laughs> I go on to the next the next thing. Uh, right. At the same time, I've ne- aside from waiting tables, I've never been involved in a food business. So that's actually part of why I'm so excited about it is because it's uh, just a totally new thing to learn. Uh, yeah, this is a new adventure for you. Yeah. And in, in new, uh, even the people side of things, it's all new relationships. I mean, every time you meet a restaurant owner or a owner mm-hmm. of a market, it's a it's it's not from my current network. It's a whole new group of people. It's mm-hmm. been really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, Indie Memphis, for those that are watching or listening, uh, Indie Memphis is the is one of the premier uh, you know, nonprofit organizations in Memphis that, that are really helping to build up the independent filmmaking community. And Mateo, I know you've entered a lot of short films into their uh, film festivals. Um, what are you working on right now? Uh, at the moment, I have uh, a couple of documentaries that are uh, in in the works. Uh, mm-hmm. One is uh, mainly focused on the renovation of the river park, and hmm. um, then the other one is a long, is a documentary that I started working on a few years ago, and it kind of centered on lynchings. Um, hmm. So a very tricky subject to right. deal with, uh, especially for a white guy from Italy, you know, of all things. <laughs> it just came, but it was a very um, a series of events that led me to that project. I made a short out of it, and there's the potential for a feature documentary that, you know, is kind of in in the works. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a project, you know, for a feature narrative film uh, that Ryan has been part of since its beginning, uh, that it's called Nessun Dorma, No One Sleeps in Italian. And, uh, and La Sirena is kind of a short film that we made as part of that. So it's kind of a, the seed for that feature is part of the short that we shot last year. Well, oh, cool. two years ago, actually. 
Yeah. And I saw um, La Serena at um, last year's Indie Memphis. Uh, it was digital. It was, uh, you know, unfortunately didn't do the, yeah. uh, because of COVID, they didn't do any of course. Um, in-person screens, but I did see it and it was great. I love the cinematography. And for those that are uh, you know watching, it's really, it's really awesome. A uh, little piece, um, kind of a fairy tale-ish uh, type right. of feel. It's got a, a kid in a rural community looking for a, a mermaid. Correct. Well, let's take a quick look at um, a trailer for La Serena, and then we'll come back and talk about it, shall we? Sure. And sure. so this is your short film, La Serena. Somebody worried about you, hon? Child services. Hello? We're gonna need a car. My grandma said La That was awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'll give you some hand claps. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, Ryan, were you a producer on that as well? I was not. Uh, basically, when when that was coming together, I just had to keep my focus on Indie Memphis. Um, mm -hmm. I will add, though, that it did technically have an in-person screening because we showed it at the Levitt Shell. We did, mm -hmm. we, yeah. we did show as many Memphis-made movies as we could, whether it was at the drive-in or wherever. Um, right. But but the digital screenings allowed so many more people to to discover them, uh, and we saw that the the amount of views for short films went way up because of the digital options. Uh, mm -hmm. last year. So uh, it was kind of a win win in that sense. <laughs> awesome, yeah. uh, Mateo. On that production, um, where did that idea stem from? I, I know you said it's, it's the the seed for a feature film that you're working on, but where mm -hmm. did the overall uh, idea originate from? It's a story that I had in mind for, for a long time, um, and it's kind of inspired by uh, these relationships that I've always been fascinated with between kids and older people. Mm -hmm. And specifically when I was you know, in elementary school, there were days when um, my, I knew that my parents would be late to pick me up, and so I knew that I had to wait for them at this barber shop uh, right by the school. And so I became part of this circle of adult people <laughs> talking to each other as if kids were not around. And so it mm -hmm. became very fascinating. And so that setting was the seed for the film. And then I added all the characters around them based on descriptions of random people that uh, I'd heard through the years. Uh, but the focus is really just this relationship between young I mean, young, young kids right. and, um, and older people, yeah. What was the, uh, the most challenging aspect of that production? Anything, uh, any crazy stories you can share with us that happened? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's everything and nothing is crazy sometimes <laughs> on production. I mean, I'm sure you know, it. mm -hmm. it's like, uh, it was a pretty smooth production uh, overall. I mean, I guess you can always say, yes, 
maybe a little bit more money would have made it less crazy. Right. Or, but, you know, we were trying to get these actors that have been kind of supportive of the project to come in from other places. And so maybe flying people over Mm. or, you know, it was pre pandemic, so not as challenging, but still expensive. Um, I guess the decision whether to make it or not was probably the biggest one Hmm. because there is this sense, does it, short film based on a feature help the case for the feature film. Right. And, um, and so we, we decided, okay, yes, it was, it made sense for us at that point because mm-hmm. we felt like if we were kind of hitting a wall. Mm. So it, we had a little bit of money. Let's try to use it and see if it shakes the water. Uh, I guess in a way it did at least creatively for me, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately to a certain extent the pandemic kind of put a stop to what could have been the connections made at festivals and stuff like that right in person mm-hmm. as ryan said you know definitely more people saw the movie than probably they would have been you know in person at festivals but you missed that opportunity to attend and network and do the all the things that you do at festivals sometimes mm-hmm. but overall no regrets about making it um you always have regrets about I could have made it better. Or oh yeah, that, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know what you mean because um, um, my last short film, I had the same issue of bringing in actors. Um, now my actors were mostly local; they were in the South area. I had one that came from Atlanta, another came from Nashville, and, and then one that came from uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, and only had them for a weekend. So, <laughs> you know, no one could do overtime. No one could stay. It's like, hey, I gotta go back to work. So. Yes. We, we were just rushing the whole weekend. So I, I totally understand that, but I'm glad you got it out because as creative, you know, you got that idea out of your head and actually onto screen. That's sure. That's, you know, very, very yeah. important. That's always the most rewarding thing, you know, to see that even now just watching the trailer, I said, Oh yeah, we actually did make it. <laughs> right. <So that's>, yeah. <laughs> it's something it, pretty it, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's out there. Ryan, um, as a producer, uh, putting your producer hat back on there, and yes, I did my fingers with the producer hat because I do that. Um, as a producer, you know, are proof of concept short films valuable to you know to producing a feature film? I mean, clearly Mateo is is using that as a stepping stone to get his project on up and running. But what do you think? What what are your opinions on that? Well, it's something you know uh, with my involvement with the the feature and development. Um, it's something we talked about a lot, and you know, there's no clear answer to it. I think there's positives and, and negatives, but mm-hmm. uh, I think certainly the positive is, you know, you can go down the line and, and think of many features that did come out of shorts. Just the one that jumps in my head is Whiplash was right. a really well-received short film in Hollywood that m- made that feature happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a chance to kind of, um, you know, show potential investors or executive producers what you can do. Um, at the same time, I guess maybe a catch twenty two is you you got to be really happy with it and proud of it because right. it, uh, you know it's got to really show off what, what you can do. Um, but I think in the end, what Mateo said, just uh, to be able to and like you said too, just to to take some of that creative energy and put it to use, so it's not just sitting as a script on a shelf. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, it's worth it for that e- either way. So I think it's all case by case. I don't think. I don't think anyone could say they're they're always a great idea or always a bad idea. Right. And I, I remember um, Robert Rodriguez, he did a short film uh, 
version of Sin City. You know, that's how he got his movie financed um, way back in the day. I think that was 2004 or five. But he did that um, that opening scene with Josh. I think it's Josh Hartnett. Um, mm-hmm. the, the opening scene where this the 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 guy that shoots the lady um, and you know it was all in red and black and white and had that comic book style. He shot that first and produ- presented that to the studio, and they was like, "Oh, you know, we do like this. Let's go ahead and greenlight that movie." So, like I said, it, it can be positives, but of course, you have to kind of weigh it against resources and management of time and you know all that good stuff. So, you know, I think for for people that are watching or listening, um, it's just one of those things where you have to kind of figure it out. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. what do you want to really invest in? You know, and as Mateo said, if you invest in an idea, you know, you can of course get something you're proud of out of out of it uh, out of all. I have to jump just because you mentioned Rodriguez during mm-hmm. the pandemic. He uh, the the story of his career, his first book that he wrote is one of the books I read, and um, I think it's El Mariachi, maybe mm-hmm. I'm getting, whatever that first feature was. And he yep. uh, in Austin, he uh, participated in a, an extensive uh, medical experiment to get the money. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, for months was like locked in this thing inject injected by whatever half the people would have the placebo half would have the real thing and he oh, had man. money he got to like buy the camera and the the film stock was really the main cost so mm-hmm. yeah he he really hustled <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to an interesting question mateo what would you do to raise a budget <laughs> yeah i don't know uh I feel like I've done a lot through the years uh, to raise budgets. You know, anything illegal? The movie, the movie that Ryan mentioned, you know, Romance of Loneliness. When we were really trying it to make it, mm-hmm. and we hustled. We were selling lemonade at lemonade stands like little kids on, <laughs> you know, South Main, yeah. and um, did you know through little parties where we acted like fools and you know just mm-hmm. tried to convince people about our ideas. Um, I mean, yes, I have not enrolled in any kind of uh, <laughs> experimental medical treatment, but I think I've, I've paid my dues. Yeah. And yeah. And I feel like it's always nice to keep some kind of sanity and not lose yourself completely mm-hmm. for a project. I mean, I, I, I have several friends and I've heard of many very accomplished people who for the sake of their dreams are willing to do whatever. Right. I, maybe I don't belong to that category fully in the sense that I'm very passionate. Mm-hmm. I don't give up very easily. I mean, so much so that this feature that Ryan and I have been on, you know, we're on year seven, almost eight. Wow. Um, so, but you know, not to the extent of saying, you know, here's my, all of my belongings. I'm going to just put it and bet it all on my feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you know, I don't, I don't give up easily. <laughs> well, Ryan, with, with the feature that you all are working on, um, how has it been raising the budget? I mean, what, what tips or tricks or techniques uh, are, are you using to you know, get that budget together and, and bring the project together? Well, you know, I mentioned we the feature he was just talking about, the first one that literally selling pink lemonade on South Main and <laughs> all these house parties. Uh, I mean, we, you know, and, and, and even before I met Mateo, he and uh, the co-director Sarah had uh, spent a couple of years already raising money. So 
we ended up somehow getting around a ninety thousand dollar budget, which oh, wow. a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But what we did, what I mean, it was stretched so thin that we were all just absolutely killing ourselves. And so I think we got to the point where we're like, okay, every filmmaker's got to do those films. You do the mm-hmm. film, you everyone barely gets paid. I mean, you, I mean, they got paid, but you're asking favors from everybody. And then after you do it, you kind of say, okay, we got to do it for real next time. Like people, people need to get paid what they're worth and we need to stop just completely exhausting every ounce of, of uh, our energy um, to where it loses what's fun and exciting about it. So basically to answer your question, you know, we felt like we've got to get some really top actors that could mm-hmm. j- justify funding from investors and uh, there are one or two really huge names that we had attached to this project uh, during different periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always like the first piece. And it's like, okay, you're trying to make 12 pieces all come together at the right time. And we would always get a couple and then could never get everything quite lined up. So um, that was the strategy. And I, I felt like it was kind of the only strategy to, because otherwise it was doing it like we did before which is okay for a short film, but to do that for a 90 minute film, you're just, it's at least I just, you know, I've already done a few of those. I, I can't do, I can't, I'm not in my twenties anymore or whatever. I can't do that anymore. So uh, yeah. So I think it's the right strategy. It just, the, the stars haven't aligned yet. Yeah. Uh, Mateo, what's in your uh, director's toolkit? So when you're on set, what do you have to have with you at all times in order to be successful on a project? I, my crew <laughs> that is the answer <laughs> the true answer is really that i um you know it's i've always thought it's pretty interesting how much we we are attached to this label of filmmakers mm-hmm. and then you think about it and you know i'm 46 and i've made five shorts <laughs> so i mean it's not like somebody who has a chance to be on set all the time mm-hmm. and do things so i have a very limited toolkit because my experience is limited. I've been working in films and trying to make films for a long time. But when it comes to my own projects, I've only directed, you know, a few shorts and a, doc, a couple of documentaries. So the crew is the toolkit. And it's mm-hmm. not like a way of saying, oh, it's not a nice thing to say. It's the, the absolute truth. Yeah. Because I don't know much about lighting. I don't know much about editing. I don't know much about even writing is something that I know that I have stories in me, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not the best writer. I need help with writing cameras and, and in every aspect mm. producing. I mean, you know, of course, just like, even if I'm part of the process, but when it comes to the nitty gritty and the competence in just doing things that, um, so yeah, finding if I have, let's say a talent is that I've not really regretted the partnership with any of the people that I've worked with in the past. Right. And so I think I know how to choose collaborators Mm -hmm. and, and so maybe, and it's fortunately something that, you know, people have come back to work with me. So maybe I'm not the worst person to work with (laughs) in a way. It means, in a way it means that maybe in the toolkit, you should put also some kind of personal skills to, avoid, you know, burning all the bridges right. around you mm-hmm. because it happens easily in, in this 
profession. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, film is a, it's a people first industry. You know, we are, uh, we're making projects, but we're also serving each other in some form or fashion mm -hmm. in order to serve and make the project. So it makes sense to, to, you know, make sure that you have the nicest of manners and you can talk to people without, you know, being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what is your secret sauce for success? I mean, you've done, uh, you know, been the executive director of a nonprofit. You've had, you know, dealings with uh, other businesses and, of course, producing in films. So what's your secret sauce? What is your secret? I want to know. How, how can I buy it? Is it at Costco? Can I get it at Walmart? What is it? <laughs> um, I, would, uh, I, I would say it's a combination of, um, you know, I mentioned even that first business out of college, I basically, after I mean, I, I tried uh, some some normal job interviews uh, where you know where I've been selling insurance or selling this or that, and didn't get those jobs. I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So from then on, I've just decided just to follow my passion. Um, mm -hmm. So so for me, it's that nothing ever feels like work. You know, so mm -hmm. whether it's a movie I'm producing because I'm excited about it. Or when I was, uh, you know, director at Indie Memphis, I mean, that didn't feel like work to me. I mean, I would just jump out of bed every morning excited. Mm -hmm. And that's how, uh, you know, it feels with Zio Mato Gelato. I just, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, how can you not enjoy eating gelato? I mean, my right. kids are so excited about it. <laughs> um, but in the flip side, I have to say having an extremely supportive family. So mm -hmm. I just, I'm in my wife's home office. I just kicked her out for this uh, podcast. So nice. I'm very lucky that she's uh, she enjoys the corporate style job and she's a, a badass at, at, at what she does. And so she's so from day one that she met me was very understanding that I was kind of taking a more entrepreneurial path that's going to go like this a lot. Right. Uh, so, you know, passion's one thing, but without the support, I couldn't do it. So it's right. th those together. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Mateo, um, you have anyone that really supports you other than, of course, Ryan and um, the connections you made in the film industry? Anybody you know special that supports you in, in your work? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, uh, I I couldn't do this by myself. I have my fam, my Italian family, parents, and they're all away geographically, but very close. Mm -hmm. And you know, I I have a. Uh, new family uh, mm -hmm. because you know me and my partner uh, have not been together for many many years but you know we've been together uh, for a while and we just welcomed our first child a few months ago which is oh, kind of another little, thank you another little startup project yeah and um, <laughs> and so and I feel very you know very supported in in, in everything that I do I mean it's you know I've been very very much relying on myself when it mm -hmm. came to myself. Uh, but then, you know, the older you get, the more you realize, yes, you felt like you were relying on yourself instead, you know, other people are just, you know, they got, you rely on yourself because everybody else got your back. So it's mm -hmm. nice to, to have that feeling. And it's, it's, it's a refreshing thought to have and focus on every morning and said, okay, that's, you're not by yourself. Right. <laughs> so, you have a, a boy or girl? It's a little boy. It's nine little boy. months old. Yep. How many months? Nine. Nine months. I had a little boy yep. in January, so he's three months old. 
All right. Look at you. Congratulations to you, too. Look at all these dads on camera. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, look at that. Exactly. Ryan is the veteran here in that department. <laughs> yeah. I'm a four- and six-year-old boy. Rod, is it a boy or girl? It's a boy. Yep. Oh, man. We can... We kind of just started oh. almost a basketball team. <laughs> yeah. We definitely need to uh, get together and have a, a dad's night out and uh, watch some oh. movies or something, huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? No masks since from today, I guess. Mm-hmm. They and say. Here is uh, a little graphic I found on uh, Zio Mato Gelato. For anyone that is watching that's interested in, in the Memphis area, you can get it at uh, different markets in Memphis as well as on your website, uh, which is zomato.com. And you can find them on Facebook as well. I'm really looking forward to uh, you know trying out your, um, you got some cookie dough, I'm sure, right? Some kind of cookie dough. Or no, we're, no, we're working on that too. Yeah, we're working on a lot of new flavors. We have six at the moment, so okay. we are not covering everybody's uh, palate yet, but. Um, <laughs> You're working on it, that's all that matters. We're definitely working on it, yes. Yeah, That's and awesome. the locations, of course, keep growing and changing. So we got uh, an updated list constantly on social media and the website. So yes. more coming soon. Follow them. Uh, that's at Zio Mato on uh, Gelato on Facebook and Instagram. And did I miss anything? You guys got a secret, um, a secret business that you're not telling anybody about? A secret <laughs> project you're working on? Anything? What's What's next for you, Ryan? What's going on uh, next? for you in the uh, producing world, if anything? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, with this new business and just with it being summer, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we have to take really full advantage of the, the warm weather. So um, I don't have any other business um, uh, projects on my plate. But, um, you know, as far as producing, I'm just kind of sitting back when the time's right and the right thing comes across. Uh, obviously, Mateo's film, we still mm -hmm. occasionally there'll be a, a burning fire and there's a potential thing. So we, we keep our eyes on that. Um, and then also just my time from Indie Memphis, um, I'm hoping to sort of consult or advise with maybe some other um, arts nonprofits of just kind of what I learned uh, from, from that experience. And um, mm. so anyway, but right now it's all gelato. It's all, okay. all gelato. Was that the, the main driving force for you uh, initially even in Memphis? Was this a new partnership? So, uh, yes. Uh, related is um, we are moving, sadly, bittersweet. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, so my, my wife that I mentioned, she, got, she worked at Medtronic for 10 years here in Memphis. Mm -hmm. and got this really amazing job opportunity. Um, but with pandemic, she's been working remotely. So we're waiting till kids are done with school and then mm -hmm. we're moving to the Nashville area in about a month. Okay. Um, but uh, my family, my sister, parents all live here. And mm -hmm. so with the business, I'm just going to be commuting back and forth to get things really going here. Um, if it goes well, possibly we can see if we can expand the business to other cities. But uh, that was really the main thing that, you know, it just, it wouldn't make sense to be running into Memphis from Nashville. So right, right. Uh, I try to give the organization a big heads up so they had plenty of time to to really find the right person and uh the new ed knox shelton i think is going to do a great job that's awesome and i think you're right i think that is um the move is an opportunity it's not just an opportunity for your wife but an opportunity for you and mateo to enter new markets that's pretty cool it, it all kind of works out 
Yeah, that's right. There's two of us, so we can we can work <laughs> in two different cities. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm I'm really proud that this is a Memphis-based business, though. So I, I'm excited about about hopefully us creating something here that that can grow. Cool. I guess we lost him a tail there. And just yeah, he, on he's, he's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you peaced out on us, man. I, it, the computer just crashed all of a sudden. I am so sorry about that. Yeah, I knew That's the story no that Ryan was telling, though. I was too upset about hearing the story of Ryan moving again. <laughs> it's all good, man. Well, look, I'm I'm definitely looking forward uh, to trying out some gelato. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to try and come out there uh, this weekend. You guys are doing a pop up this weekend? We're, we're at the farmers market downtown every single Saturday morning, uh, okay. right by by. Uh, Powerhouse, Malco. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's you know one at least one of us is there every every Saturday morning. Um, so yeah, come see us. Sounds good, Mateo. Anything? Uh, any last words from you? Anything that you're working on secretly in your heart that you want to let people know? <laughs> no, I feel like my plate is pretty full. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, good. Well, look, yeah. guys, thank you so much for you know being on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about your lives and your entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship and business. Um, you all can connect with me, Rod Kirby at RodKirby.com or at Rod Kirby on pretty much all social media platforms. This is the Rod Kirby Show, and I appreciate everyone watching and listening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. that's going to do it for this episode of the Rod Kirby Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget that the show is a visual podcast as well. So I want to invite you to watch the show on YouTube to see the actual on-screen interviews as well as indie film trailers and even more content. Hit the link in this episode description or search for Rod Kirby on YouTube. For more filmmaking tips and advice, please visit my blog at rodkirby.com. Thanks again for listening and remember to write, shoot, produce, and repeat. Take care and we'll see you in the next one.